Use me, God, to be a corner person who speaks the word of life, a hope dealer in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to preach as the Holy Spirit shall give me help from the topic, it wasn't all bad. Or you can put it in the present tense, it ain't all bad. It wasn't all bad or I, let's put it in the present tense, it ain't all bad. For those of you grammarians, it isn't all bad. When we think of prophets, we tend to think of the usual suspects. When we think of people who serve God as prophetic voices, we tend to think of the major and minor prophets in the Old Testament. We may think of John the Baptist, but in most instances, we think of the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. For those of us who are really biblically literate and aware, we even include the minor prophets, the most popular of the minor prophets, Hosea, Micah, Amos, Jonah, and Malachi. When we think of prophets, rarely do we think of Elijah. Elijah is one of the greatest and most significant prophets in the Old Testament. Elijah was neither major nor minor prophet, but nonetheless, Elijah was one of the most significant prophetic voices in the entirety of Scripture. Elijah is unsung, underappreciated, and flies under the proverbial radar, yet notwithstanding, Elijah was great and significant throughout Scripture. If you recall Elijah's ministry in 1 Kings, it was Elijah who declared a three-year famine, but also declared that the famine would be over. It was Elijah who restored a dead child to his mother. It was Elijah who confronted 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. It was Elijah who mentored Elisha, his successor, who became a great prophet as well. It was Elijah who didn't experience a natural death, but who was carried to heaven in a chariot of fire. It was Elijah who stood with Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration in the company of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. For those of us who know the Old Testament and the Bible, none of us can deny or dispute that Elijah was a great prophet and mighty man of Almighty God. While Elijah was a great prophet and mighty man of God, 
Elijah was not exempt from experiencing the low moments of life and ministry. I don't care how holy you are, how sanctified you are, all of us experience low moments in life and in ministry. You can preach the horns off a billy goat. You can sing like an angel. You can speak in unknown tongues. You can pray until God moves miraculously. But none of us are exempt from the low moments in life. According to this Old Testament text, we witness Elijah in the midst of an episode of depression, discouragement, and despondency. Elijah has courageously confronted 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. With his prophetic courage, these 450 prophets of Baal have been killed. And whenever you stand, you can always expect consequences, implications, and repercussions. An evil woman by the name of Jezebel and her hand-pecked husband by the name of Ahab have developed an issue with Elijah because of his courage. Ahab does not have the testosterone and intestinal fortitude to confront Elijah for himself. Ahab got to get his woman to do his bidding for him. And while Ahab does not have the courage and virility as a man to stand, Jezebel, his woman, declares that there's a contract on the life of Elijah. Jezebel says, if by this time tomorrow you are not like one of my prophets you have killed, God strike me down. Elijah, in a moment of fear, anxiety, and trepidation, makes his way out of the holy land of Israel and runs to Beersheba. While he is running to Beersheba, the text says Elijah experiences the perfect storm of frustration, feeling like a failure, fatigue, and fear. Consequently, Elijah sits under a broom tree and prays a prayer he really doesn't mean, Lord, take my life. What Elijah prays this prayer, God Almighty hears the prayer and does not say yes to Elijah's prayer, but God in his providential mercy is trying and challenging Elijah to believe despite this episode he is going through, it ain't that bad. Come on, help me preach this morning. And somebody on this second Sunday in the month of January 2021 needs to hear this word. 
I know what you've been through in 2020. I know what you're going through right now. I know you have buried loved ones. I know you have experienced tragedy. You've experienced trial. You've experienced disappointment. Friends you grew up with, you have said your earthly goodbyes, but God has sent me like God challenged Elijah to tell somebody it ain't all bad. You lost your job, but your bill still got paid. He or she said they don't want to be bothered with you, but God has providentially shown you that there are plenty of fish in the sea. You got furloughed from your job, but God opened the door for another job two months later, so you never missed a mortgage payment, nor did you miss any obligations that bear your last name. You have said your earthly goodbyes to people you thought you would grow old with, but praise be to God, they are resting in the arms of Jesus Christ, their Savior, and you will see them again. I know things have been difficult, life has been hard, but God is challenging me to preach this word and sound the trumpet to somebody that it ain't all bad. I don't come minimizing or trivializing what you've been through or what you are going through, but I am challenging everybody to see the hand and activity of God in the midst of your circumstance. If you and I can see the activity and hand of God in the midst of what we are going through, we will come to the conclusion that it ain't all bad and it wasn't all bad. Too many of us are looking at the wrong stuff instead of looking for the activity and hand of God in the midst of what we are going through. We are looking at Ahab and Jezebel raising their fist at you and I instead of while we should be looking at the activity and hand of God, we are looking at our enemies and haters. While we should be looking at the activity and hand of God, we are looking at the obstacles and opposition. While we should be looking at the activity and hand of God, we are looking at weapons that have been formed and people who are opposed to us. But I dare somebody on this Sunday morning in January to look at the activity and hand of God in your life. It is only when we go through certain circumstances and experiences in life that we really get to know God as a provider, as a protector, as a healer, as a way maker, as an encourager, as a reconciler. I know it's old school, but you wouldn't know God was a healer unless you've been sick. You wouldn't know God was a way maker unless your back was up against the wall. You wouldn't know God could raise up friends for you if you felt, if you've never felt all by yourself. You wouldn't know God is a provider if you have never been without. I didn't like it. I don't like it right now, but I got to declare it wasn't all bad. It was good for me to have been afflicted because I learned that God was good. 
out of the bad days and circumstances I've been through. According to this text, God is convincing his preacher, prophet, that it ain't all bad. How is God convincing Elijah that it ain't all bad? God is convincing Elijah that it ain't all bad by replenishing his resources. And if you and I want to be convinced that it ain't all bad, maybe the most spiritual, holy, sanctified thing we ought to do is let God pour into us. Notice the text says that Elijah has left his servant. He is lonely. He doesn't have the benefit of somebody speaking life to him. He doesn't have a corner man or corner woman who can encourage him. Elijah is all by himself. He is fatigued. He is frustrated. He is feeling like a failure. And Elijah prays this prayer, Lord, take my life. Elijah doesn't really want God to take his life. Elijah doesn't need to go to heaven before his journey is done. He still has work to do. But what Elijah really needs is sleep and food. Elijah has spent all day running. Elijah ain't on Delta Airlines. He ain't on Southwest. He's not driving a Tesla. He's not driving a Honda or a Range Rover. Elijah is running. And while he is running for his life, he is dead tired. And sometimes what you and I really need is for God, is to allow God to pour into us. You don't need a new man. You just need some rest. You don't need a new job. You just need a vacation. You don't need a new this or a new that. You just need eight hours of sleep. You need to turn off the phone. You need to turn off the TV. You need to get out of Netflix and Hulu and get some sleep. You don't need a Snicker bar or Pepsi or Coca-Cola. You need some good nutrition and some rest. Sometimes we are burned out. We are exhausted. We are suicidal. We are at our wit's end because we have not allowed God to pour into us. And let me help somebody while you and I are ripping and running. We are at our wit's end. God, our heavenly father, wants to be our all and all. You and I are the sheep. He is the shepherd. He is the vine. We are the branches. He is the blessor. We are the blessed. We are the provided for. He is the provider. He is the protector. We are the protected. Let God be God in your life. Let me help somebody and bless somebody. You ain't God. Let God be God to you. God convinces Elijah that it wasn't all bad. It ain't all bad because God replenishes his resources. But not only does God replenish his resources, God convinces Elijah it wasn't all bad and it ain't all bad because God adjusts his attitude. Elijah is singing the blues. 
He ought to be singing Kurt Franklin, happy. Ought to be singing stop. Ought to be singing today is a good day. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. But Elijah is singing Bobby Blue Bland, B.B. King. The thrill is gone. Y'all ain't talking to me. Stormy Monday, Phyllis Hyman. He ought to be singing something that will uplift him. But he's singing the same sad song. And God, out of his mercy, has to get in Elijah's proverbial face and adjust his attitude. Elijah has a messianic complex believing he is the only holy person on the face of the earth. And God has to remind him, Elijah, I know you are holy. I know you are sanctified. But guess what? I got 7,000 men and women of God who have not bowed down before Baal and who have not kissed the altar of Baal. You ain't the only one. And every now and then, God has to deliver us from a pity party. God has to deliver us from thinking we are the only one. God has to deliver us from a woe is me mentality and make us appreciate what God is doing, who God has around us, and what God is. Let me help somebody right now. If 2020 didn't teach us anything, 2020 should have taught us appreciation for who God is and what we have. We have made it with less. But guess what? You still got joy. You still got a smile on your face. You didn't go on vacation, but your bills are still paid. You still got a roof over your head. We ain't been here since March of last year, but 180 folks still got saved in Watch Chapel. We are still doing ministry. I dare somebody to develop an appreciation and adjust your attitude for what you have. Maybe that's what we really need, an attitude adjustment. If God would just adjust my attitude, I'd have more joy. I'd have more peace. I'd have a greater shout. I could say hallelujah if God would just adjust my attitude. Maybe you don't need new kicks. You don't need new Jordans, but I need a new attitude. Lord, change my mind. Help me appreciate who you are. Help me appreciate my wife and children. Help me appreciate the job that I have. Help me appreciate everybody around me. Help me appreciate who you are. It ain't all bad when we adjust our attitude. It ain't all bad when we let God replenish our resources. But it ain't all bad when we let God turn a trial into a testimony. Elijah has an episode of suicide. He wants God to take him out. But God providentially doesn't give Elijah what he asked for. But God gives Elijah something he really needs. God gives Elijah a testimony. And I want to tell somebody it ain't all bad. It wasn't all bad. Because God can turn your trial into a testimony. 
Do I have anybody who can testify with me right now? God can turn your trial into a testimony. I feel like shouting this Sunday morning. I said God can turn your hell into a hallelujah. He can turn your pain into a praise the Lord. He can turn your suicide into a shout. He can turn your hell into heaven. Who can testify on this Sunday morning? I was going through, but God in his providence turned my trial and now I got a testimony. I got a testimony that God's a healer. I got a testimony that God's a way maker. I got a testimony that God's a provider. I got a testimony that he'll lift my head. I got a testimony that he'll give me a reason to run on. I got a testimony that he'll pick you up, turn you around. I got a testimony that God will turn your laughter into joy. He'll turn your tears into laughter. I got a testimony when I look back over my life and think things over. I can truly say I got a testimony. Yes, I do. I got a testimony. Go on and testify. God's been good. God's made a way. God has opened doors. God has kept me in my mind. God healed me of COVID. God healed me of cancer. God helped me get through diabetes. I got a testimony. Yes. Yes. It wasn't all bad. You were inconvenienced, but guess what? You got a promotion. You couldn't go physically to the office, but you learned something about technology that you would not have otherwise known. You hadn't really been out the house, but guess what? You saved money. You learn to cook more. Your credit score done gone up. Come on, I'm talking to somebody right now. You done paid off some bills. You couldn't go on the trip, but you paid off the mortgage. You paid off Sally Mae. It ain't all bad. He didn't pay for lunch, but guess what? You learned not to act, not to say yes to him again. That's one and done. It ain't all bad. You got off track, but guess what? You got back on track. You learned some stuff about yourself that you would not have otherwise known. Had you not, you got some friends that really love you that you would not have otherwise known had you not gone through what you went through. I'm talking to somebody right now. There's some people that love you, but you would not have known that 
all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. All things. You're not saved. You don't have a church home. God wants to work everything you've been through for your good. Everything. Failure, disappointment, sickness, death, disease, divorce, job loss. God can work it all together for your good. I forgot who sang it, but it ain't gospel per se. I'm wiser, I'm better, I'm stronger. Come on, somebody knows what I'm talking about. Marvin, yeah, my man. Wiser, better, stronger. Pruning don't feel good, but it's good. Somebody needs a, you need, you need a relationship with this God who can work all things together for your good. If you're not saved, if you don't have a church home, come on, sister, come on, brother. It ain't all bad. Don't let one setback turn you into a hermit. Don't let one failure make you shrink back from life. It ain't all bad. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest, rule and abide with us until we shall meet again. Amen. 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 Bless us, choir. Never would have made it. It wasn't all bad. <laughs> Trials have turned into a testimony. Because we have a God on our side. Hasn't left us. Jesus will. Won't he? Oh, oh.